Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. I have to poop. I think that burger was too heavy. Could you imagine if we recorded this while you were pooping? (laughs) I'm like, so, you know, on fruit snacks today. (laughs) (laughs) Just plopping it on. Um, Side note, my brother used to get scared when he was young when the water would splash (laughs) in the toilet. Why? He never wanted to poop because he thought that, like, something in the toilet was trying to, like, drag him under. I flushed a cockroach on the toilet the other day, and while I was pooping, after I did that, I flushed it three times because I was so scared it was going to come up. I could believe that. Yeah, cockroaches are resilient. Those are some resilient yeah. motherfuckers. They're disgusting. Hey, guys, I'm Brian. <laughs> hey, I'm Shane. And you're listening to Fruit Snacks. In the United States of America, <laughs> for, womp, womp, for womp. this fruit roll-up, let's hear about your trip since we literally haven't talked about it. Yeah, um, my trip was great. It Tell was, the listeners where you where you've gone. I was in Barcelona. It's Barcelona. Barcelona. You got to be cultural. In Spain. Um, nobody was really talking about the lisp there, though. It was a little disappointing. Do you know the history behind that? The lisp? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've heard it, but I don't know it. One of the kings or something like that had a, had lisp, a lisp. And so yeah. he made everyone speak with the lisp. That's some big dick That's energy. That's kind of fierce. Yeah. So now a lot of people from Spain, I guess, speak Spanish with a lisp. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was great. I, uh, I feel like it was, like, so long in the making like i wasn't really planning it but i knew i was going for so long that it was just nice to finally be there um also it was like almost disappointing because like the quality of life there is so much better than ours Mm. and i don't just mean new york i just mean like in the states Mm -hmm. like everybody there was just so much better like put together and everybody just seemed calm and yeah, I don't know. It was very nice. It was it was a great like getaway from here. Um, the beaches were beautiful. The weather was beautiful. The hotel was so beautiful. I loved it. Did you go down Las Ramblas? Mm-hmm. And see the Guardias de Familia, Sagrada, Sagrada uh, de Familia. We did. We did. And check out um, some Gaudi. Mm-hmm. Did you go to the Picasso Museum? No. What? It was just so, like, matter of fact, like, no, we, uh, we, no, we didn't. Um, when I was in Spain, I went to the Picasso Museum because I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm so cultured. Like, uh-huh. I love art. Mm, I don't think I like no. art. <laughs> <laughs> like, Picasso's cute and all, but, like, who cares? That sounds so fucked up, but, like, who cares? <laughs> like, literally, it was, like, any time he put pencil to paper, they, like, posted it into, uh. the, into this art museum. So it was, like... Picasso. Like little scraps. Yeah, it was like horse on paper, right? <laughs> and it was literally like a horse on a paper. And it was like, um, um, was, it, was it materials? And it was like t- number two lead pencil and graphite or whatever. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And it literally looked like a seven-year-old drew a horse. And I think it was when he was like seven. Yeah. Like that's how like stupid it was. Um, they're very proud of their heritage there. Yeah. Which that makes sense. Because it's just like, he's from here. Like, yeah. we love everything he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, their food is so good. I will say, like, I'm just not a rice person. 
Like, it just doesn't do much for me. Uh-huh. Like, when I go to Chipotle, I never get rice. It's a waste of space in my stomach. I got paella the first night. Like, Edward and I shared a big paella. And it was delicious. I just didn't care to eat it again, so I didn't. Paella is one of those things that you do just because you're in Spain, but, like, after yeah. you eat it, it's like, I was we're fine. good. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, everything else was so good. I, I can have prosciutto and bread. Mm. every meal there mm. and be so satisfied mm-hmm. um or like patatas bravas mm. oh it was so delicious but the thing with um like european cuisine is that it you you can tell that it's fresh so fresh like and you they get eat, it fresh yeah and like the things that would fill me up instantly here just like satisfy me there like i feel like i've been productive with how i eat there you know we're like here like we went for dinner tonight and well, I feel fine, but you were like overly stuffed. Yeah. Nothing there does that to you. You know, like right. we shared a huge thing of paella and that's like all rice. Plus we had like starters. And at the end of the dinner, I was like, I feel so satisfied, Uh huh. but not like, oh my God, I ate way too yeah. much. Yeah. But then also love. like you're, well, I guess you walk a lot in New York, but you're like walking oh, all the yeah. time over there. So yeah. like you like unconsciously burn so many calories. Uh-huh. But yeah. also everything is so cheap there. Yeah. Like, every dinner, we paid no more than, like, $40. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, total. Yeah. Um, And that's including, like, one of the restaurants we were going to, they had, like, $11 liters of wine. Wow. Wine and um, sangria. Yeah. And it was so good. Um, It's funny, though, because, like, when I went on my, like, European tour, mm-hmm. we went to Barcelona, Berlin, Paris, Venice, Rome, London... I think that was it. Dang, when was this? Like in 2011. With? Kyle and Kenosha. Oh, you guys went to that many places? Yeah, we really were hitting the ground running, bitch. Oh, no, that's too much. But, um, well, that was before I worked in the, in the flight industry. Yeah. I was like, I better do it. <laughs> I never know when I'm going to come back. Yeah. But um, Barcelona was like our least favorite place. Really? Yeah, not because like we didn't like it. I think if I were to go back, it would be a different experience. But in comparison to all the other things i just feel like there was so much more to see and do mm-hmm. and like rome and stuff than there were than there was in barcelona but a trip like yours would have been perfect where it's yeah. just like you're only going there for that you can be really slow mm-hmm. kind of like eat a lot and stuff like that but we were like it was the first city we went to mm-hmm. and we were expecting like to see a ton which granted i've lived in new york for eight years so it wasn't like i was going to see stuff yeah. but they wanted to, and so like, so what next? What next? What next? But there mm-hmm. wasn't really much to see. Yeah, and the stuff that there is no, there that. wasn't like... that great, other than uh, Sagrada de Familia. That yeah. I thought was amazing, but I will say like we didn't do a ton. Like we went to we went to two different beaches, and yeah. we like saw Sagrada Familia from the outside. We walked it up and down Las Ramblas, um, or La Rambla, but um, I don't feel like we went in a lot of things. Yeah, like. The way that New York has a thousand and one bodegas, Barcelona has like a thousand and one, like uh, tapas bars. Tapas bars <laughs> and yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, and once you eat, that's like that's literally like ninety percent of the activity already fulfilled. Yeah, well, and they do things so much more slowly because yeah. it's just their pace of life. Yeah. Um, and that was actually kind of nice to slow down, like in comparison to New York. Like, yeah. I didn't feel the need to rush through crowds or like walk quickly to wherever we were right. going. It was just like, we'll just get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, my boots had like little heels on them and I couldn't walk through the cobblestone that quickly. Yeah, because <laughs> you didn't want to break a hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to New York. Thanks. <laughs> it was actually kind of nice getting back, though. Yeah. 
That's you how know, I always feel after vacation. Yeah, that's what I said when we were waiting in um, customs at JFK. I was like, there's something about regardless of where you're coming back to, like what city, uh-huh. it's nice to just like be home. Yeah. Um, and it's nice because I have a few days off before I go back to work. So that's really great. Mm. Yeah. Well, happy 30. Thank you. <laughs> Even though it was like. I, know, I like celebrated officially. Yeah, right. But yeah. for me, I really don't have anything to update you. <laughs> Like, legitimately, I like, my life is so boring. I can't even say I'm on a grind because, like, I just don't want to work either. Uh. Um, the flight over here, I have, like, so many fruit flies for you guys. So just hang on to the next segment because that's really <laughs> where most of my talking points are going to be. But, yeah, there's not much. Other than I started wearing makeup. I know. I was going to bring that up. Um, I got – what? Did, I'll just let you guys know what I got. I got um, Maybelline Fit Me Concealer. Uh-huh. And then I got um, their Fit Me Foundation, and then their Fit Me Powder, (laughs) and then... Wait, um, you said Maybelline? Maybelline, yeah. Okay, so I did so much research, right? And Fenty was where my heart lied. Laid. Lied? My heart lied in Fenty. Yeah. Okay? But I don't know if I was, like, committed to the idea of actually wearing makeup in one little of the same amount, like one ounce um, portion of Fenty Foundation is, like, $38. Mm. Or 32, and the Maybelline fit me for the same amount was seven. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so I think I t- a total I spent maybe $20 for all of that, including a brush and some final set. Yeah. But the Fenty would have been close to 100 or more. Right. Granted, like, it's better quality, but from the extensive research I did, um, fit me seemed like the best fit because... They have their their super stay foundation as well, but it's full coverage, and I wanted something to look natural. Mm. Um, so when I wear sure. when I wear foundation, I feel like it's more noticeable that I have makeup on. But even when I saw you today, I asked, mm-hmm. and you couldn't tell. No. But I um, when I'm feeling like lazy, you know, like my off duty days, uh-huh. like as a model, <laughs> I'll just put like concealer under the eye and then powder my face just to keep it like you know fluffy, matte, yeah, like less shine. But for the most part, I think <laughs> tomorrow. Said- Fluffy, matte, like lush shine. <laughs> less, sh- less. Oh, shine. I thought you said lush shine, and I was <laughs> no. like, matter shine, bitch. No, no, less, <laughs> less. So, um, if you guys are looking for a really good drugstore, you guys, I literally put like two weeks of research. The Fit Me line, amazing. All of the beauty blogs literally swear and by the this. Fit Me was Maybelline. Maybelline, and okay. then um, Elf, mm. the final set, their mat- mattifying final set is a dupe for Urban Decay's um, all-nighter final set. And their Urban Decay all-nighter final set is, like, the one. Like, everyone uses that because it really, like, melts your makeup down to your face and keeps your highlighter popping, which I don't wear all that. But if y'all wanted something, ELF is a dupe for that all-drugstore. And then the Fit Me Powder is a dupe for Laura Mercier, I think is whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's, like, a popular like the setting, power, setting powder. L.A. La Marcia. I don't know. Okay. People who know makeup will probably know what I'm talking about. Okay. But um, that's a good setting powder when you want to bake, baking, you know, like bake your concealer <laughs> and stuff for like full coverage. Yeah. But the Fit Me Foundation is super fine. Or this Fit Me Powder, excuse me, is super fine. So it's good as a dupe for that. And then, um, yeah, the concealer is like good. This concealer, the Fit Me Concealer is good as well as the um, Ageless Concealer. Mm-hmm. Um, but either one is good. But yeah. I wanted... Um, 
medium to full coverage and the fit me is buildable okay. and fenty is like medium to full but heavier on the full coverage okay. side yeah so did you ask nathaniel about any of this no oh. because every time i ask nathaniel he's very knowledgeable but he just like is only in luxury like uh. that's all he wears you know and i'll like bring something up of like what, what about this and he's like Oh, I hear good stuff, but I don't know. You know what I mean? There's, like, yeah. not personal experience from it. Uh, but all the videos and, like, blogs and all that stuff I've read, literally, like, I'm not even kidding. I probably put, like, a good 24 hours, uh, like, you know, broken yeah. up, 24 hours of research into this. Well, plus all of those Jeffree Star ASMR videos that you Girl. watch. Girl. So if you're looking for a cute little everyday um, look, come come find me. I was even, like, Googling, like, men's makeup yeah um obviously they don't like have makeup really catered towards men mm -hmm. most cases but a lot of brands are using male models to show the, like mm -hmm. the versatility of their makeup and um most of the guys who do wear makeup on the normal on the reg or guys who do makeup they say usually men should just wear like a light concealer yeah. just for the under eye to brighten it up mm -hmm. and then maybe some powder um foundation is they're like, you can use foundation, but if you're going to do it, use light coverage and don't do the whole face yeah. and blend it with a beauty blender rather than a brush just so it has like a um, blend, like a better blended hmm. finish. Yeah. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Okay, so let's blast through this fruit fly. You know I'm gonna try to speak as fast as possible because there are so many details and you know this is gonna be a long story motherfucking short. Mm -hmm. But I have literally four fruit flies on one flight. On one flight, I was like, bitch, I have four different occasions. That's I was like, should I just try to pack it into one fruit fly? I was like, no, nah, let's extend it. So this is gonna be a four part series. Oh Some of them are less dramatic, yeah. but um, this one was like the full flight where I literally had to leave first class to go to the back and just be like, I'm sorry, I just need a second because uh -huh. I was like on a next level, right? Okay, so I'm working a flight LA to New York. You know them bitches are already crazy. Yeah. Like everyone who flies first class from coast to coast, especially like two big cities like that, everyone thinks they're somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And once one person gets special treatment, the other yeah, one's like, everybody. I want to show that I need special treatment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So one lady's sitting there. Uh, she's in row two. And... um. Mind you, before I say all of this, the end of it came full circle and she ended up apologizing, mm. but like it didn't need to go there. And I'm going to explain why I like understood where she was coming from, but still, bitch, sit your ass down. Okay. <laughs> so this lady, she comes on board, um, super nice. She was like super lovely at first. And she was just like, Hey, just let you know, like, I'm going to have trouble going to the bathroom. I'm traveling with my husband, my daughter is sitting um in main cabin she's gonna come up to help me get to the bathroom if that's okay i was like not a problem yeah so i'm doing service and i'm already like slammed because this was a midday flight and it was a four course dinner i'm serving 16 people and what people don't realize when you're working first class is that you're cooking the food you're plating it you're doing refills you're like acting as a server right. plus the cook plus plus the bus boy, right? Mm -hmm. So let me just break this down real quick just to show how like kind of hectic it gets. So we start with the salad and then a soup with bread. Mind you, that's all cooked on the plane. And then we do two meal options and then we do ice cream and then we do a snack basket, right? Yeah. So as that's I'm going through this, I don't want to start serving food and cleaning up after people at the right. same time. So I try to get everything the same course out at the same time, right? So I do drinks first, and then I do soups and salads really fast. Yeah. So then I can try to 
refill drinks before I start handing out the food. But as you're like preparing the food, people are always like, can you take this? Can you uh-huh. take this? Can you take this? And I'm like, just give me a second. Yeah. Like literally you're not going to die. Right. Like, and when I say, just give me a second, I just need like 10 minutes to prep the food. Yeah. I'm not saying I need like two hours. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing all also, this stuff. Also the flight is so long. So there's so plenty long. of time for plenty. them to like give you what they need. And so people are like asking like, oh, can I get a tea? Oh, an orange juice now. Oh, can I get water? Oh, a mimosa. Like one guy was like, can I get a Bloody Mary, three olives and a certain type of vodka? And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I was like, it comes out of a can and we have Tito's, which is nice vodka. But, the, but I'm like, we don't have olives. And he's like, oh, you don't? It's not a full bar. I was like, what? Where are you? Like, no. <laughs> I had people ask me for um, different syrups from Starbucks one time. Yeah. I've had that. They're like, can I do a latte? I was like, you can do hot coffee. And they're like, oh, you don't do lattes? I'm like, bitch, where? <laughs> oh, no. They straight up said, like, three pumps of non-fat vanilla. And I was like, wait. Yeah. What? I'm like, and sometimes I'll stop and be like, can you tell me where you got that on a plane? Like, I want to know what Who's airline. Serving that? Yeah, yeah. What airline is doing this? So this lady. Okay. So. This lady's sitting there. I'm doing all the service, right? And then she's eating, whatever. She seems happy. She's, like, saying thank you. I'm, like, oh, cool. I'm, like, slaying it, right? Like, I'm, like, killing it. (laughs) And so then um, the cart is in the aisle in main cabin. So Uh when that happens, there's three bathrooms in the back and one in the front. When the cart's in the aisle, um, a Boeing 737-900. Yeah. So there's three bathrooms in the back. When the cart is, like, mid-cabin, whoever's sitting in front of the cart when it passes them, can't go to the back to right. the bathroom. So people kept coming up to the front to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, granted, it's protocol, right? Yeah. If the bathrooms are like blocked in the back, they can come up and use the restroom. Um, and we can't do anything about that because I'm yeah. not going to tell someone they can't, especially if like no one's using it. Totally. So then um, I'm like doing this. And as I'm doing this, I'm like picking up trash for them in the back too because there was like a little break. So I'm like trying to do everything, yeah. like a literal one-man show, right? So then um, I I have so much trash in my hands that I come back to first class to get new trash bags as I'm like going towards the back. And literally it was the cart was three rows from the bag. So within two minutes, they would have been done. Uh-huh. Right. And so as I'm coming up to get more trash bags, she, the, the lady in two stops me and she's like, hey, um, everyone keeps coming up here to use the restroom. I don't understand. This is first class. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. It's just that. And I'm trying to explain to her because I'm yeah. like, I get what she's saying. I'm like, hey, you know, the cart's in the aisle. It's going to literally be two minutes. Once it's out of the aisle, um, people can go to the back, but mm-hmm. it's not accessible for them to get back there yet. Right. And she's like, like that. And I didn't think anything of it. So then I, whatever, da, 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 da. Then the next person that comes up was like, uh, the cart's out of the aisle. Do you mind going to the back? And they're like, oh my God, yeah, sorry, no biggie. So then I even go on the PA and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. just as a friendly reminder, the carts are now out of the aisle. If you need to use the restroom, there are three empty restrooms in the back of the aircraft for main cabin passengers. If you're seated in first class, um, the first class bathroom is only reserved for first class passengers. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your cooperation. Done. Right? That's all I can do. Yeah. I'm not going to tackle someone for using right. the bathroom at the front. If someone's like, I need to go, I'll just be like, oh, just let you know. Like, you need to use back, yeah. whatever. So then she she finally gets up to use the restroom. Mind you, like I said, she's a little bit disabled. She's not disabled, but I think she was just had a condition where she couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, like, um, just in the moment, right? It wasn't like lifetime of disability right it was just like she just needed help and so her husband and her daughter pick her up to go to the bathroom she uses the bathroom and then i'm like standing there i'm like can i help in any way like whatever 
And so then as she comes out, she's literally hanging on her daughter. Like, she can't stand up by herself. And she's like, you really, you really pissed me off. Seriously. Like that. And I look at her and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Literally just staring. And she just stops and she's staring at me, hanging on her daughter, just staring. And I could tell that she's like trying to gather words in her head to see how she's going to attack me. And I'm literally just like, oh, sorry. I, I, did I do something wrong? I, I like, did you not like the food? Like I literally, literally was like flabbergasted. And she's like, I don't understand why you keep letting people fucking use this bathroom up here. She's like, I can't even make it to the bathroom because you keep letting people up here in the restroom. And I was like, oh, well, the thing is that, and she's like, I don't want to hear it. You keep letting people in the bathroom. This is why I paid so much more money for first class is so that I could use the restroom and I can't even do that. Like clearly I'm struggling. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, I didn't, I was like, I see that traveling might be stressful. I didn't mean to add stress to your day. And she's like, oh, you didn't mean to add stress to my day. That seems really sincere. And she's like, just standing there all smug like that. And I was like, and I literally, I didn't even crack. I literally just didn't say anything. I just stood there and stood like stared at her eyes like, like this, like dead silence. And I was like, okay, well, is there anything else I can help you with? She's like, oh, now you want to help? Okay. Like that. And I was like, honestly, I, I did not do this on purpose. I can guarantee you it was honestly just a mistake. Like if you needed to use the restroom, like, you should have just let me know yeah. how serious it was because I just assumed that, like, you needed help getting there. I didn't think that, like, it had to be, like, if yeah, I need to go, I need to go. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, just whatever. And then goes and sits down. And then as she's walking away, I, like, look at her husband in the eyes and I just mouth to him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm yeah. just like, I'm so sorry. And he's just, like, like kind of, like, he didn't, I could tell that he was embarrassed yeah. By what she was saying, but also like he didn't want to like show that he was like uh-huh. feeling bad for what she was saying. So then I went to the back and I like this is when I went to the back to the girls in the back. I was like, you guys, I am so sorry, but can I like please hang out here for a second? Like they're driving me crazy. Okay. And I, I I say that because part of the story is the other fruit flies that I'm going to say okay. in later episodes. But just know that this is part one of four parts. OK. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And so. um they're like, yeah, whatever. So then the daughter that was helping her went to the back and she's like, hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, oh my God, like, don't chase me. Yeah. And she's like, I'm so sorry that you, my mom said that. Like, she's like, it's just been really tough. Um, she gets really stressed out and she, I'm sure she didn't mean to attack you like that. But when she gets in those moods, like she's just been going through something and da, 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 da. I was like, honestly, I completely understand. I was like, I really didn't mean to make it more difficult for her. I was like, I'm sure that she was like, um, like I'm sure that you guys had a long day to get to this point. And yeah. clearly it's very difficult for her and you guys to get her in and out of the bathroom. So I understand why she's so frustrated. I did not mean to make her upset. Yeah. I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, it's fine. It's just that like, maybe you shouldn't. Ha-, and then started telling me what I should have done. And I'm like, okay, like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand that you think you're the only person on this plane, uh-huh. but I'm juggling like so much shit you yeah. know what i mean but i didn't say any of that i was like no I but understand. aside from that like literally you cannot legally stop people from going to the bathroom literally but in their eyes i, we I can could. only do that on international flights because that's an faa regulation right like you can't jump classes but if it's a regular domestic flight you have to allow people to go to the bathroom but regardless when there's no bathroom in the back I'm not going to make right. 160 people wait, wait until... because she wants full access to exactly. the bathroom. Exactly. Also, she's acting like nobody from first class is going to have to go to the bathroom. Thank you. Thank you. 
And so just all of it just made no sense. And she's like, and she's like, um, if you want to like make it up to her, maybe like if Ew. you have any like treats or chocolate or cookies, maybe just like say, I'm so sorry again and like hand it to her. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me know. And then she walks away. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. No. Hell fucking no. I was like, you can be upset. That's fine. But you don't need to talk to me like that, yeah. you know? And I'm not even trying to be spiteful, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to reward yeah, bad no. behavior or whatever. So then um, as I'm, I finally walk up to the front and I do stop there and I'm like, hey, let me know if you need to use the restroom. What I'll do is before you tell me, just ring the flight attendant call button. I'll come right over right away. I'll lock the restrooms and then you can take as much time as you need to get to the restroom if that makes you feel more comfortable. And she's like, oh, thanks. Like that. And I think that disarmed her Mm -hmm. because I think she thought I really didn't care, which I care, but I also can't care more than mm-hmm. what you're asking. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I care that you're comfortable, but I also can't, like, stop the whole plane and act as if it's a private jet for right. you. So, um, towards that middle of the flight, she needs to use the restroom again. So, she has to fly the button, the call button. And I was like, okay, you need to use the restroom. I was like, just give me a second. So, then I lock in. I'm like, okay, we're ready for you. So, if you want to, I'll go get your daughter for you. So, I, I even go run to the back mm-hmm. to get her daughter to do it. I was like, hey, your mom wants to use the restroom. She's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. So, then she comes. And um, um, as they lift her, it's taking a while and I'm just holding the door open because I'm like just trying to help without trying to help. You know what I mean? Because I don't want her to get upset that I'm like in the way. And he's like, I don't need your help. I didn't want to even go down that that road. So as she's walking up, I open the door and I see it's a little bit wet. And so I just take paper towels as I'm standing there waiting. I like wipe down the entire floor, which we don't need to. But I was like, let me just try to make this lady comfortable. And I like wipe down the sink and stuff like that because I'm like, it's like I could tell it's difficult. I don't want her to get wet or whatever. And so then that was that. And then um she goes and sits down and then i'm like passing through and i'm like can i get you guys anything else like because i'm doing my check-ins and she's like hey um i just want to let you know that i really appreciate you cleaning the bathroom for me um i saw that when we were going up the second time you locked it for me and you were like really responded really fast and i just want to say thank you for like taking that step because you didn't have to clean it for me but i i realized that you did and i was like And so then I got down on her level and I was like, here's the thing. I am so sorry that I did that. I, I, I know that you thought my apology wasn't sincere, but I really was sincere. There was just a lot going on during that time during service. I'm sorry that I didn't react faster. Next time I'll keep that in mind. I really didn't realize how difficult, but I can imagine as I can see that it probably is really stressful and you had a very stressful yeah. day. So I apologize for adding to that stress, but hopefully um, next time just like, let me know that yeah. this is how you want it done so that I can help facilitate the needs. And that's where I was coming from when I was asking, how can I help rather than like thinking it was like a passive aggressive mm-hmm. thing. And I understand that you thought I wasn't being sincere, but I really am sorry. I don't yeah. mean to be that way. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm so sorry. Like blah, blah, blah. And I think she was just frustrated in that moment. So I yeah. get it. Like I understand where she's coming from. Like it was a misdirect of like, why she was upset Mm -hmm. and it just happened i was the one to be standing there and like granted i didn't really care in that moment when she was like i was saying sorry but i wasn't like a like i could have been more apologetic but i was like oh i'm sorry and she's like see you don't even care and i was like i i knew no matter what i said in this moment it wouldn't change a thing so i was just like okay i'm sorry you feel that i don't care but I, i do you know i forget what celebrity it is but they had made a comment about um like online trolls Uh and they were like what i've come to realize is or what i've come to tell myself whenever somebody attacks me online is um i respond by saying i feel so sorry for them Uh, for whatever they might be going through that caused them to lash out at me without knowing me yeah 
you know? Yeah. Like, that's so internalized for the other person. And and that's even what I told my crew, too. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry she did that to you. I was like, it's not about me. I yeah. know this is not about me. Yeah. It's just, it sucks that I have to deal with this because I'm already, like, feeling a little bit stressed out mm-hmm. just because of service. But I'm like, it's just annoying that, like, people don't take that into consideration because yeah. I would never lash out like that. Mm-hmm. And even when I'm upset, like, say, I like, agree. something happens at Starbucks or whatever. I'm like, I know this isn't your fault and I know you're doing the best that you can. But as of right now, this is unacceptable for me. Yeah. And it's really, I'm just, I'm sorry, but this is really frustrating. Yeah. You know, I'll even, like, with customer service, like, t- talking to Time Warner and all that, or Spectrum, or what, mm-hmm. I see the same shit. I'm like, I know this, you're just the one that's going to, like, hear this, but this is really frustrating coming from your company, you know, totally. blah, blah, blah. And even if someone came to me like that, I would understand more. But yeah. she's acting as if I'm, like, going out of my way to make her life more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girl, that is never my intention. I'm, like, yeah. literally here to help you. And so at the end of the flight, we give out little thank you chocolates. And um, there's only enough for the amount of people in first class. So I'm like handing them out and half the people didn't want them. And so then as we're sitting there and deplaning, of course they have to wait because they didn't want to get off because it was going to take her a long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm like standing there with them. And then he was like, they were like super apologetic and all of a sudden in a happy mood just because it was like a 180 turnaround. And I think she realized like he really was trying his yeah. best. But he, the guy, the dad was like, oh my God, like, thank you so much for that chocolate. That was so good. And I was like, wait, I have something better for you. And I think only like eight people took them. So I literally stuffed the rest in a bag and I was like, here, take these like for the road. And he's like, oh my God, I can have those. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And so I'm like, if these motherfuckers don't write in uh-huh. that I went above and beyond, <laughs> they can try. They, they don't. They can choke because they're trash. Their mother's trash. Their daddy's <laughs> the trash. trash. The daddy's. Yeah, exactly. So. Life is good and I'm thriving. (laughs) So that was actually a really good fruit fly to jump into today's fresh fruit. Was it a good fruit fly though? Yeah, it was. So it was intense. Also, you were super sweet because. I probably would have turned into a really mean person. In well, that's the thing. I'm really trying this new thing of being compassionate. And I know, it, but people make it so difficult. So fucking difficult. But I feel like the way I respond would show a reflection of my character, even though she showed a reflection reflection of her character. And I want to walk away feeling like I had full control of the situation and I didn't lose my shit. I lost my shit in the galley in the back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for all she knows, I'm a really nice little chocolate boy. <laughs> With light concealer powder and some uh, vinyl set. <laughs> the cheap stuff. Um, so we had posted about, uh, we had posted asking what people wanted us to talk about. And uh-huh. somebody wrote in and asked us to talk about um, toxic relationships. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to write that down a little bit. Uh, and we will start with what we think toxic relationships are. Well, first, let's give um, a little shout out to that um Individual who individual sent snack that pack suggestion. So at oh, I don't even know how to say this at Rainielio Lou. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's should we spell it? Nah. Okay. But thank you, Ray. You know who you are. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what is a toxic relationship to you? Okay, a toxic relationship to me. Are you talking about friendship or relationship? I guess either, just like an umbrella. Okay. Um, what would for, make a relationship toxic, whether romantic or not? Sure. 
I feel like a toxic relationship is when things are not good. And I don't mean good just like situationally, like one person said something bad one off time or like um, it just doesn't feel right for whatever the situation is. But I think it's it's a continual thing Mm -hmm. where the relationship continually doesn't feel good to be a part of and you continually feel like you're becoming someone or trying not to become someone in hopes to like keep the relationship Appease alive. Them. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean that's kind of like the surface level of it for me, but yeah, anything mm-hmm. that I I'm like, damn, like when you feel exhausted to hang out with this person yeah. and you second guess like being around them or when you leave them and you're like oh, that was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the most simplistic way that I can put it is when you start behaving in a relationship out of fear more than love. Yeah. Like, fearful of them being upset or angry or you misspeaking or speaking in a way that to them is misspeaking. Or a fear of, yeah, just how they might react to you Uh being yourself. Yeah. You know, if you can't be yourself in a relationship, it's probably a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some telltale signs to you that a relationship is, like, turning toxic? Um... I think I think the biggest thing is like the the way you feel while you're with them, or like um, if you question should we be friends or should we be together, uh, that to me is your first tall tale sign. <laughs> the answer is no, you should not be together. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and I don't mean that in like a moment where someone gets on your nerves. And you're like, damn, why am I friends with them? Uh-huh. But if you continually have that thought, I think that's a really big indicator that like, yo. This is not okay, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that a lot of people who fall into toxic relationships are people who haven't been single or they're not comfortable doing things alone. And I say that mm. because I feel like when you're alone... Like a serial dater? Yes. Like when you're alone or single, you have that time to decide what you want throughout right. your day. So you really know what makes you happy and what doesn't make you happy. But when you're always with other people or always with someone in a relationship, you're always doing things to appease the relationship, mm-hmm. whether it's friendship or relationship. So I feel like a lot of people who are who tend to be serial daters or people who can't do things on their own or be alone they tend to like um always do like things to make it work does that make sense yeah yeah i get that i um uh, i feel like the hard part about that is there's a difference between compromising in certain situations Uh and like finding that you're always compromising right or that you are losing that sense of self-direction within the relationship you know because there are moments where you just you just have to compromise yeah you know like that's a part of any friendship or relationship that you're in yeah um but it's when you're always doing that and that is causing you to lose your sense of security in yourself and what you want and need right because i feel like at a certain point you might start feeling like you're always failing uh-huh. But you might not, in, like, you you internally know that I'm not failing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like, from the most basic level, it's like, um, ugh, I know if I don't text my boyfriend, he's going to get upset. Mm. But then you shouldn't feel the need to have to text him just because you don't want him to make be uh-huh. upset. Like, you'd rather be like, I should text him because I want to hear from him or let him know I'm doing okay or whatever the, the text reason is. Uh-huh. But if you're doing it because you don't want a a consequence to happen. Yeah. I feel like that's a sign of a toxic relationship where you're doing things to like 
save face rather than mm-hmm. like being authentic, authentic to the experience or the relationship. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you've experienced a lot of toxic, not, uh, I honestly, looking back, I think I've created a lot of toxic relationships. What makes you say that? Because I think that I'm a very tough person when it comes to um, relationships. Like, I, I, I feel like I take them very seriously. Like, I can be friends with anyone. Mm-hmm. But when you want to be a good friend to me, I ex- I have a high standard of what a good yeah. friend is. And I think I have a high standard of what a good friend is. Because if you were to ask me, am I living by that same standard? I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of people do things so that they don't make me upset rather than them wanting to actually do it. Do I was like that with you for a while. Yeah. I was like scared to upset you in certain things. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot, even in like relationships too. Like I feel like it's high stakes and people feel like, Oh my God, I don't want to do this. Cause Brian won't get mad or, or this mm-hmm. or that. And that's why I feel like sometimes maybe it might have been toxic for that person because mm. I was like really quick to criticize what they do wrong yeah. or quick to like tell them how they could be better or maybe they always felt like they were compromising because right. I think I compromise, but I also know what I want. And if I don't get it, I don't expect you to give it to me. I'll just go somewhere else for it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's why I feel like maybe I've created toxic relationships, mm. but I also think that I'm wanting let the person know what they're getting into and Mm -hmm. i'm like you signed up for this still so then you got to play by the rules if you don't want to be a part of it we can have whatever obstacle and let that be the end point and have that kind of fickle relationship that's fine with me but i'm like if you're if you're trying to say you're going to be there for me and be one of my down bitches then be there for me and be one of my down bitches Mm -hmm. yeah but when do you think you've been let down like the most in a relationship or what, not like one particular instance, but what, what's like a huge letdown for you? I just spoke about this to my therapist. Did you? Yeah, my last therapy session. Because um, we talked about relationships. Mm-hmm. And she said, what is a common feeling that you feel in relationships? And I said, usually it's disappointment and then frustration. Mm. And she's like, why? And I was like, I don't know what it is, but I almost feel like I wait for people to disappoint me because I think that I am so, you know, dot every I, cross every T in my own life Uh that I expect them to do that as a friend for me. And when they don't, I'm quick to be like, you you don't even know me. Uh You know what I mean? Or you don't even know my needs. Which I think that comes from a place of like, um, I don't know if insecurity is the right word, but maybe hurt for my parents, right? Where I don't feel like I have that like natural um, structure of someone who knows who I am. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like your family is an easy fallback to be like, yeah, yeah. they know what I need without yeah. asking. But because I don't have that, I'm like my friends are my family. So the people who I let in as my family which are friends, I'm like, I expect you to know me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And at a certain point, I think you guys do, like you, Kenosha, um, Kyle, Kyle, Mm -hmm. Sydney, Jen. But, like, I think, I mean, there's probably plenty of names in there that I haven't mentioned, but, like, there's been a growth period for us where I think each one of you felt like it was a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I I feel like I've gotten that feedback where people are like, I can't be in this friendship because it's too (laughs) toxic. And I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah. And then that makes you guys even more upset because you're like, well, wait, did I mean nothing to you? <laughs> like, why are you, Why is it so easy for you to, like, get rid of it? I'm like, it's not easy for me to get rid of it, but I also can see where boundaries are. And I'm not going to ask you to step into a role you clearly don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, this is just like a devil's advocate kind of question? Do you think it's less about 
living up to your expectation and more of living in our own failures and moments or in our own weaknesses and moments. Can you elaborate? Um, I might just have a, not a permanent weakness, but I might have a prominent weakness within my character or a flaw within my character that simply doesn't live up to your expectations of what you want out of your friends or your good friends. And it has nothing to do with me not wanting to live up to your standards, but it's just a flaw that I have within the way that I'm structured. Right. Um, yes. I feel like, well, not I feel like, but, um, I read this book. It's called Buddhist Boot Camp. In the fruit facts, I'll give the deets on what this book is. It's a super easy read. But through this book, it was like really life-changing in the sense that it opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I think the biggest takeaway was that everyone is on their own journey. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think somewhere in the book or something I heard is that if you assume everyone is trying their best for what they have in that moment, you're more willing to understand every everybody else's life choices, totally. right? Um, sometimes it's more difficult than others because, like, maybe I've told you 7,000 times, like, I don't mm-hmm. like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, but then you keep doing what I don't like. Yeah. It's hard for me to say, like, well, he's doing his best. It's like, no, you're deliberately trying not to do right. it. But I'm like, well, maybe he hasn't lived an experience to understand why that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, someone might steal and keep stealing, because they don't know what it's like to be stolen from. Mm. Once they realize how hard it is to like work for some work towards something and get it stolen, they'll realize, wow, I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing of like, okay, well, maybe I've gone through life experiences quicker or differently than the people that I'm getting upset with. Yeah. And maybe they need to go through a life experience that teaches them what I'm trying to teach them. Maybe I'm just not the teacher in this moment and they're on a journey to find that but I no longer can help them because Mm -hmm. I'm doing best that I can in this moment and the words that I articulate out of my mouth for your understanding isn't processing so I'm like this is a boundary for us so for the sake of you and me and not making it a fight we can't be in this situation sure whether that be a friendship or hanging out because like for instance um, one of my friends I'm not going to say a name but um, this person, when they get drunk, it gets like too sloppy and then they get super aggressive mm. and it, it like ruins the night. And it, yeah. this person was one of the people in my life where I was like, let's aggressive go out. Aggressive physically or? Verbally. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they would get messy and it was like embarrassing. And I never saw this person in this light because when they're sober, it's like so fun and like yeah. the party. But then when they drink, it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And so then, um, I, me and this person one time, um, we were out in Fullerton and uh, they got too drunk and then they wanted to drive home. And as a good friend, I was like, you're not driving home, you know? And they're like, da 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 whatever. And it became a big fight, right? And so then in this moment, I was like, okay, clearly I'm doing what I think is best and they're probably doing what they think is best. And Mm -hmm. I thought the next day they would apologize for the situation but they didn't they try to validate why they did it and they were pissed at me for like taking their keys away even the next day even the next day yeah and so that was a moment where i was like oh this is not healthy for me like i care too much do you know what i mean yeah and so i even said like hey we can still be friends and sorry that we had to be in this situation but just know like this is a boundary for us i i don't think differently of you but just know that i can never drink around you 
And if you are drinking and it gets to a point where you want to drive, I'm literally walking away from the situation because I want to be there for you, but you're telling me you I cannot. So right. I'm letting you know I will not. Mm-hmm. Like out of respect for you and our friendship. Yeah. But like it is a difficult thing to kind of decipher because when you take the emotions out of it, it seems so easy. But mm-hmm. the emotions is like the important part, I guess. Right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I know, but I feel like that situation alone is kind of how I handle toxic relationships where I'm like, you're on a journey (laughs) (laughs) at this moment. I have to get off this train. Yeah. Um, But I think that's I for me anyways, it's good advice for me in my own personal life is that if you just assume everyone is doing the best they can for the for the, you know, resources they have from the resources they have, you're like you have more compassion to be like, okay you know what they don't know but be grateful that you do mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like you can walk away from the situation being like damn i don't have to carry that burden because yeah. i learned and then it almost like flips the script where you don't necessarily feel bad for them or look down upon them but you're like wow i'm okay mm-hmm. you know because then it really doesn't become your problem yeah like it's their problem at that point i think what can be difficult <clears throat> for some people is they expect that toxic relationships are really blatantly toxic uh-huh. and that's not always the case. Uh-huh. And even sometimes when relationships are blatantly toxic, there's always an excuse for it. Yeah. Even if the person who's not being toxic is make, is the one making excuses out of the love that they have for that right. person and out of the fear that they have of losing that person. Right. Um, but alcohol seems to be a really big one for people. You know, like I know somebody who I love dearly who lost a marriage because of addiction issues and Uh anger issues. And it was such a toxic relationship. But I think one of the hardest things to do as an outsider and as somebody looking in on that toxic relationship um, is to put in that energy to try to convince them to see what you see. Because people will not see anything other than their own vision of that relationship until they're ready. Right. And that's so hard to watch. Right. It's like really difficult. And there is a time that comes where you have to just be honest and say, I like what you just said, I can't, this is a boundary for me. Yeah. I can't be here and I can't watch this anymore. Right. Um, because it starts to hurt you, you know? Um, and it's, it's interesting how somebody's toxic. I feel like this happens more romantically, but, um, or when you're looking on a, in on a romantic relationship, but because well, there's less at stake. I feel like when it's a friendship, because like, yeah. the commitment's not there in a relationship, you're committing to a person. So there's that sense of like, well, I have to make it work because mm-hmm. that's what the romantic side would do. <laughs> it's like, love means all uh-huh. love, love like is unconditional. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, nah, nigga leave, <laughs> <laughs> get out. But it's it's hard though, especially when you're looking in on somebody self destructing. Yeah, you know it's not easy. No, it's like when you um, have a friend who is getting cheated on, mm. and you want to be like, dude or girl or whatever, like wake the fuck up, yeah. and they're like, no, they're gonna change, they're gonna change, and then it keeps happening. Nothing will, nothing you say will ever change their mind mm-hmm. until they decide that they want better for themselves. Yeah. Um, 
yeah and it's frustrating and it's hard to see it it starts affecting your friendship Mm -hmm. you know but again you can't want something more than the other person wants for themselves what have you fucked up most on in relationships um Probably putting people in places that they didn't decide to be in. I know that was so vague. Um, I feel like... Like you try to have sex with everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to fuck your butt. And they're like, I didn't... uh, How did I get here? (laughs) I'm like, shh, shh, baby, 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 listen, listen. No, like, um, like friendships or even relationships. Um, where I want, I, I'm assuming that that friend is the Swiss army knife in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, you need to have the screwdriver, the knife, the toothpick, the tweezers, everything to yeah. sort my life out. And yeah. when you drop the ball and I need like a roadmap and you forgot to pack that in the Swiss army knife, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you're an awful friend, you know? Um, I need to realize that like, that's unrealistic because I think subconsciously my friends mean a lot to me. And when I can't figure out my own problems, I expect them to have that Swiss army knife. And when they can't, I I feel disappointed and then mm. frustrated. And I can't, I think that's where I fuck up a lot in relationships is where I'm placing people in roles that they did not ask to be in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, they said, I want to be in your life as your boyfriend or your best friend or um, a work friend. But then I'm like, nah, you're in it for the long haul, you know? <laughs> And they're like, uh, bitch, I'm not reading for the role of that. <laughs> I'm only here to read for the role of the janitor. <laughs> but yeah, it's just very that. I think that's where I fuck up the most is that like I put expectations on people that probably mm. could live up to but choose not to. Yeah. Which is fine because they don't need to. And then I feel disappointed in that. Mm. But it's like uh, I, I I think as I'm getting older, I'm realizing people will be in the, in the in your life the way they want to. Right. And if they are in your life more than you assumed, let that just be a grateful moment rather than mm-hmm. an expectation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I kept expecting people to be above and beyond because you're like, my friend. But mm-hmm. I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, let them be who they are. And then if they go above and beyond, look at it as like, wow, that's amazing. Rather than be like, yeah, about fucking time. Because I think that's where I was at. You know, yeah. it's like that about fucking time thing. You know what I mean? Because I feel like as a friend and correct me if I'm wrong I try to go above and beyond when it comes to friendships and I feel like I do a lot for my friends um, without people asking me to Mm -hmm. and so it's unfair for me to I guess it is fair for me to expect that but it is unfair for me to expect that because I never asked them to be that but then subconsciously I expect them to be that do you know what I mean yeah well two points to that the first is uh, or the first goes back to me bringing up people's flaws and weaknesses rather than like an intentional not uh, doing what they can to live up to your standards as a friend. And that's when you think of somebody as like a jack of all trades or like the pocket knife with all the mm-hmm. gadgets and gizmos plenty. Like I may be really good at tweezing, but you might be better at like toothpicking. Toothpicking. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean that I don't have a toothpick with me. It just means like I'm just not a as good as it right as good at it as you are which is funny though because i feel like when i i think of it the other way around i feel like i am people's swiss army knife yeah like i feel like i can tweeze i can toothpick i can cut i can screw i can hammer yeah. and- but i think that that yes i agree with that the only time i don't go to you is like for super emotional things right 
which is why I bring up or why we have talked about the importance of like tribes and finding different people for different I guess for lack of better words uses within right. your life like right? a tweezer right yeah um oh shit there was another point I was gonna make about all of that you're gonna tell me how good of a friend I am and how I've never been toxic in your life <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm what about you though? Let me ask that, and if that comes up, if you remember, yeah. just pause and we can move back into that topic. But um, when do you think you've been the most toxic in relationships? Um, when I lose my sense of self. Mm. Hmm. Um, uh, I go through periods where I feel so close and attached to the people around me because I have such a strong confidence sense of like self-identity mm-hmm. and life for that period of time just seems to come easily and naturally and it's when something shifts or changes within that dynamic either with myself or with other people and me knowing that I don't handle change well find it difficult to start to juggle um the things that were once coming easily because I start second guessing everything. Right. Um, and I, when I think back to the times when I have let people down, it was more out of, again, going back to like my, that question that I had posed to you, I had let people down most when I started second guessing myself and acknowledging my weaknesses and assuming, not assuming, but trying my hardest not to let people down in that way, it was just like adding so much pressure and tension where there didn't need to be, right. or where there wasn't right. before. Um, yeah, so a lot of that for me comes from my lack of self-awareness mm. in a given moment right, right, or, right. or time frame. Right. Yeah. Who do you think, what has been your most toxic relationship that you've been a part of that was presented to you from a other party? Like that you didn't create, but maybe was a part of and you were like, I can't. Oh, like what's a relationship I had to let go of? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, a lot of my ex-boyfriends. No, that's fair. Yeah, I... Um, I was actually just talking about one with Edward when we were in Barcelona. Um, Edward was, being his current boyfriend. Correct, yeah. <laughs> um, I f- there was one, one relationship in particular that I just remember thinking, and I was young when this relationship happened, but I remember thinking like, oh, no, I don't need this. <laughs> like, I could do so much better than this, yeah. you know? And it was in that moment that I kind of took the power back in the relationship and not in like a... Um, like I need to have the control and the power, although I do like it, but like, I don't, it wasn't in that sense. It was just like, I need to take control for myself right? and I need to put the power back within myself yeah. and not let them manipulate what's happening. Right. Like you're happen. done, you're done playing sloppy pig bottom. You mm-hmm. want to step into the role of mask on top. top. Mm. That's what I'm here to read for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it comes down more to my relationships, but I think that that's because uh, as an adult, I've felt so secure in my friendships. Yeah. 
but in feeling that secure in my friendships, that's, um, I feel most vulnerable and most, uh, like fragile, I guess mm. you could say, when I know that something has gone astray within one of my friendships. Yeah. Because that's sort of my like comfort zone. Yeah. Comfort zone and and security or right. sense of security. Security is probably a better word, yeah. Um that when something feels like it's broken within there, I uh, within that infrastructure, I like immediately start to shut down because sure. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. 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 I feel like thinking back, like as I asked that question, I'm like, what was my most toxic relationship? I feel like I've had so many toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. So many, but I think that's because people come to me. Like I like literally am like doing the psychoanalysis right now. I think people come to me for answers. Yeah. And they don't want to hear the answer. And so it becomes toxic. Yeah, you're the voice that people already have within their heads. They just suppress it. Yeah. And so you're echoing what it is their that they reality. don't really want to hear. Yeah. yeah. But even still, like, I could name so many toxic relationships that, one, were fickle, but then, two, like, were deep, you know? Like, I think the biggest, and I always bring this up, but the biggest toxic, toxic relationship for me was my parents. Mm-hmm. Like, even till this day, like, when I'm around them, I completely feel like the younger Brian is still present when I'm there. Like yeah. I, I become super shut off. I become so reserved. I'm like catching what I'm saying. I'm so like analyzing everything. You know me. Like if you know me, yeah. I am so off the cuff. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm sitting here talking, cussing, whatever. Like I catch myself getting in trouble for a lot of things I say because I just don't care anymore. Right. But then with them, I'm like, okay, don't talk about this. Don't talk about this. Mm-hmm. And then it puts me back into like a high school closeted mindset, yeah. even though I'm not in the closet anymore. And it is so exhausting. You revert to old ways. Old ways. that It's like, that's when I was like, oh, this is not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. This is toxic, you know? Yeah. But again, it was like what we said in the beginning of like recognizing what a toxic relationship feels like. It's just like when you don't feel right. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you, you walk away feeling exhausted. Yeah. And I remember like two hours in when we go on family trips more recent, like, it's just like, I'm like, holy shit. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of every way to like get out. And my parents are like, let's go do this. Let's do that. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to go like hang out by myself in the room. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But then other ones that are like, I remember toxic, especially when we were younger, a lot of toxic relationships were because like stem from, like other people's judgment on us. Um, what do you mean? Like we wanted to seem a certain way, cool or whatever. Oh yeah, because I feel like we lacked a sense of identity. A, completely. Yeah. Like I remember even in college, this kid, um, he was on a cheer team and he was like the cool kid on the cheer team. And I didn't like him. A lot of people on the team didn't like him. But for whatever reason, I was like so nervous that he would like say something bad about me. And so then he started saying something bad about me. And it made me so angry. Mm. And then now thinking about it, I'm like, I would not give a fuck. <laughs> like literally yeah. would not give a fuck. And if we had that, I would like embarrass this motherfucker if it had been today. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like if you were to say any of the things, I'd be like, what is it? What, what do you want to say to me? Yeah. You didn't know I mean I would have been like, go ahead and say it. You love to say all this shit behind my back. What is it? Uh-huh. Like, tell me. And then you'd be like, you're a slut. Okay, next. You know, like, <laughs> what, what's your point? What are you yeah. trying to get at? But that obviously comes with age too. <laughs> age and maturity. But, yeah. yeah. Self-realization. So many toxic relationships. Are there any um, characteristics that you think create a toxic relationship that maybe people should look out for? Yeah. Um, one of the things that 
you had mentioned before we started recording that like has really stuck with me through this whole episode is the idea of like a scorecard mm. or somebody who keeps score. And I try almost to a fault within relationships, not just romantic, but like any relationship in my life. I feel like I keep score. Bitch, same though. <laughs> yeah, but but I don't mean, but I mean more in the sense of um, maybe not score, but if you think of every relationship as its own bank, I feel like I constantly, um, st- and this, this stems more from the mistakes that I now later as an adult realize that I've made re- within relationships. It's almost like I want to add up a bunch of tallies on my side because I know that there are going to be moments that I need to cash those out. Uh and so I almost keep score in the reverse where it's like, I want a high score because I'm so scared of the moment when I'm going to need to bail myself out. Right. Um, and I don't know what that is. It's like this, uh, it's like this self-generated shortcoming. That it's I like have. you're like preparing for a war. <laughs> yeah. When really there's no reason to. Yeah. yeah. It's like self, self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. I keep a scorecard though. When yeah. I'm like, name three, bitch. <laughs> I hate your name threes. <laughs> you haven't done that as much like in the past few years, but I remember when we were first friends, every conversation, name three, bitch. Because you guys love to make big blanket statements. Like, Brian, you always say that. I'm like, name three times I said it. <laughs> and they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, if I've said it always, you can name three times. And they're like, well, you couldn't. And I'm like, yes, I could. And I think I keep a scorecard just so that that rebuttal, I can be like, yeah, you did this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I keep a scorecard so that I can shut some shit down. <laughs> um. Yeah, that has, like, that one stuck out to me a lot before we started recording for that reason. Yeah. But because I recognize that oh, as, like, one of my own weaknesses. Yeah. Excuse me, that's gross. It, honestly, I feel like if we're going to sum this up, being in a toxic relationship is the opposite of being authentic, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you feel like you're hiding a sense of yourself or having to lie or someone is, like, hindering who you naturally feel like you should be in the in the hopes of be, being a better person in this relationship, then you shouldn't be in the relationship. Right. Point blank simple, right? right? Like, if whatever you bring that feels natural doesn't work for this person, whether it be a friend or a relationship, you should not be in that relationship, at least for what you're, whatever you're trying to create it for, right? right? Like, say if it's just a relationship where oh, you know, we go out occasionally and we can have fun mm-hmm. and then you actually can't have fun, it's not toxic because it's creating the the situation, the atmosphere that you're trying to create. But if it's the person who, like, af- outside of going out, there's nothing there, then drop that bit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's okay to, like... It makes it sound like you're like, I only want friends for the good times. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. At least that's not what I'm saying. I'm sure you can agree that yeah. that's not what we're saying. But you have to evaluate, like, okay... If I'm being authentic and it still feels heavy, shed the weight. Mm-hmm. And if it, I feel like if you just literally trim the fat back and stop overcomplicating it, it's literally that simple to decide if it's toxic or not. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you have to hide who you are, you can't say the things that you want to. You can't be the person that you want to. You have to like act a certain way. Those are all signs of like, okay, well, maybe it's not let, this. This relationship is not letting me be my authentic self. Let me reevaluate. If it's actually right for me. Yeah, I think we all have that internal compass right. that tells us when something starts to feel ugly yeah. and not right yeah. or natural. Yeah. It's 
it's our inner dialogue that is difficult to suppress right in that situation you know it's like the battered person in a relationship where it's like this will be the last time they hit me this will be the last time we have a fight that gets this right. bad it's like you know that's not exactly but you are living in the moments that are happier than that one right you're living for a better past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not until you realize that that relationship maybe just doesn't work for you anymore. Right. Um, and that actually happened. I mean, I've brought this up sort of vaguely in the past few episodes um, where I've recently had to let go of a friendship. And it, for lack of better words, feels like such a depressing breakup at times. Um but I know that right now we cannot be productive for one another. Right. You know? Um, and I, I have to live more in that idea than why can't we be productive for one another? Right. You know, because that's not fair. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's just listening to that that natural instinct that right. we have. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're questioning, is this right for me? It's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, it's not. It's yeah. not right for you. Yeah. Just sit on that thought. But I think uh, having an open dialogue with yourself and then maybe with that other person is healthiest in terms of dealing with a toxic relationship. For sure. But more so with yourself because it's not until you're honest with yourself that you're going to be able to be honest with that person. Right. Yeah. And if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to lose Fuck someone else. What? Oh. this week's in season um so i'll start this in season actually jumps back to a reference that you brought up a few weeks ago i think it was in kai's episode Uh uh-huh um you had brought up a unisex clothing store okay and you were like i wish there was one and i remembered listening to that and i was like there is one obviously i couldn't tell you that but um I like kept that to myself until we recorded together okay, again. Okay. But um, it's actually based here in New York City, and it's called the Fluid Project, <gasps> spelled I love that P H L U I D, based off of um, P H as a balance in chemistry. Work. Um, Ooh. So the the like as if we're all on a scale. Mm-hmm. Mm. So like the. Uh, owner and founder of the fluid project came from really high end, like fashion. Uh Like he was up in like the VP kind of status. Um, and he took time off and like traveled the world and explored what he wanted to do because he wasn't fulfilled. And he came up with this concept of creating a gender fluid clothing store. Um, that is based around a lot of local, like queer and gender fluid artists Mm. and um, designers. Um, so they put on like a lot of, uh, socials and, um, fashion shows and, you know, they try to highlight as many LGBTQ plus individuals as possible. Um, like I said, they only have one store, I believe based here in New York city, Uh but, um, you can visit them online at thefluidproject.com. 
Again, Fluid is P-H-L-U-I-D, thefluidproject.com. And you can order um, from their online stores. Uh, It's free U.S. shipping on orders of $50 or more. And I believe you can also ship internationally. I want to check this out. Yeah. Um, But I will say the one thing that you had brought up, which is kind of true, the issue that I had because I ended up buying a hoodie from them, Uh uh, is that things don't fit the same biologically speaking. So like I had to buy a large hoodie because a medium, the sleeves were like too tight and too short. I feel like you would have to, in order to make this, make the sizes not mass produced or not mass produced, Mm -hmm. but like standardized. Like it almost has to be like a fit within a fit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like I, not to bring up makeup again, but like one, one skin tone of foundation would have undertones of red or yellow or olive. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's all the same shade, but the undertone is what matches it better. So it's almost the same thing where it's like all the same garment, but the undertone of body, body proportion would have to fit differently for it to look the same. Right. Yeah. Well, and it also depends on like the type of clothing that you're buying. Like a hoodie is difficult because the fit could be right. Like, and it's, and the thing is, it's not just like a waist size that you're dealing with. It's like arm length and arm size and chest size. Chest size. Yeah. Um, but they do make like skirts and skirts and mm. like that's gender fluid. Right. And I've seen men wearing it and I've seen women wearing it. They make like high waisted pants and um, it's really cool. It's a right. really great store. Um, they have like a coffee shop in the store and they cool. have like workspaces that you can just rent out for free. Um, I would love to create something like that. Yeah, it's really great. And they, uh, I, I remember like watching a bunch of their background information when I was first looking into them. And uh, it was something about Generation Z, I believe, uh. um, by whatever year, like f- I think a, I heard a this. large percentage of them will not walk into a clothing store wanting to see one gender or another. Well, they just, just want to go and get in clothes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love that. And it's funny, too, because you don't realize how much um, the what we wear is such a social construct until you travel the world. Mm-hmm. Because, like, something that might be seen masculine in the Midwest, like, let's just take America, for example. Something yeah. that's masculine in the Midwest, it's probably, like, cargo shorts, Ugh, baggier the jeans. worst, yeah. You know, jorts. Flip-flops. Flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I know we're, like, kind of dogging on it, yeah. but, like, honestly. Yeah. And then, like, something in New York that's still seen as masculine would probably be, like, more tailored, slimmer fit, mm-hmm. just, like, a... I don't want to, because I feel like the words I'm putting on it is like, a, like I'm not trying to say that like Midwest has no style and like New York does. So I'm not trying to say like there's more of a polish, but it's just a different look, right? Uh-huh. And even New York to... We have different expressions. LA. Yeah. Like it's different expressions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then you go culture like to India, the men wear something completely different than the men here, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to like wedding and formal garb. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... A dress here might seem crazy on a man, but in Scotland, a kilt is normal. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? So it's like, 
that's how much of a construct it is socially because really it's like who gives a fuck it's fabric yeah you know but because you see the same kind of cut on certain body types you assume it's always been that way and then you say oh that's a woman's Mm -hmm. thing right like high heels are for women right when really men were the ones who originated high heels and realistically men should be wearing high heels since they're the ones trying to be taller than women Mm -hmm. in a unmasculating way do you know what i mean right so Yes, it's all we can go on forever, but yes, I love the fluid yeah. project. That's awesome. So it does exist. Um, for me, my uh, in season, I don't know if I said this already, but but is skincare. Mm-hmm. Now that I found my perfect fit for makeup, <laughs> I, I needed another rabbit hole to Maybe go it's down. Maybelline. So I've been really looking into skincare and I looked over at my um, half sided Korean beauties, right? Mm-hmm. And they have like next level skincare. Yeah. And um, there's this thing called the 10-step Korean skincare routine. Hmm. And you do, like, an oil cleanse where you, like, um, because oil attracts oil. So if you wear sunscreen and makeup, you do an oil cleanse and it'll soak up all of that. Then you wash that off. And then you do a cleanser cleanse to strip all of that off and clear your pores. And then you do serums. You do essence. You do toners. You do face masks. You do moisturizers. Uh, eye creams, um, like all this whole 10 step thing. And I've just kind of been like building my skincare. And so just as like, if you're listening, if you want to check it out, um, some of the things that I've come up, uh, youth to the people, they have a cleanser. It's kind of expensive, but, uh, I keep seeing this come up because it's a good cleanser for oily skin because okay. um, it's not stripping. And what people think when they have oily skin is to strip all the oil out because you don't want to be shiny. But realistically, you're going to get more oily because mm. your skin naturally feels like it needs that sebum to do right. it. Oh, um, good word. Thank you. Um, and then um, I'm trying to move away from physical exfoliants like Clarisonics or um, like facial scrubs with mm. like beads in them because you're like abrasive to your skin. So I was going to do chemicals with HA and BHAs. HA is um, stuff that like does the surface. So it like breaks away skin Are cells. Are you saying AHA? AHA. Okay. Um, amino hydroxy something. I don't okay. know. We'll clarify later. But AHAs and then uh, BHAs, which is one that goes underneath the skin. So I'm looking for a good BHA. Um, there's this beauty line called Crave Beauty, spelled with a K, mm-hmm. and it has a kale, spinach-like BHA exfoliant where it breaks down the sebum so that your your um, pores are getting cleansed deeper down. Okay. And then, um, yeah, like Drunk Elephant, I always hear and see a lot of good stuff. But um, I bring it up because... I've been on this skincare journey over the course of this podcast. You know, I went and got retin mm. and all this stuff, but my skin has been clearing up really well. So I've been like, okay, now let me go dial it back and get off prescription and just try to reset right. my skin to better skincare. And I like uh, was fine with this girl. Her name is Kelly Collins. Her skin looked amazing. And she's like, let me send you some stuff. This bitch sent me a 12 product list of things that she uses and i was like holy shit and she's like no i legit use all of it and i was like oh my god so one of the one of the big things that i got from her was the aztec secret healing clay Mm. it's literally on amazon for like seven nine bucks you can get at target but it has like over twenty thousand reviews and it's four and a half stars and every single person is like holy shit this is amazing blah 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 blah." i did it holy shit it's amazing (laughs) You use apple cider vinegar at $7 for a huge-ass tub, like a pound tub. Um, 
apple cider vinegar and then the clay mask and it literally sucks everything out of your skin Interesting. and then one more thing before we wrap up here um coast rx c-o-s-r-x they're pimple patches anytime you have a pimple i just pop it put one of these oh my bitches God, I on think i just used one of my roommates for girl yeah it i'm not kidding you guys if you have a whitehead or like a uh a underground pimple or whatever put one of these motherfuckers on i always i don't know if you're supposed to do this but i do it and i feel like it's been really effective for me i will like try to pop it to open the pore don't do mm. it because you know you'll damage your skin but whatever i just try to open the pore somehow yeah. get all the gunk out and then put it on there the next morning completely god. gone swear to god i'm telling you go on amazon look cosrx c-o-s-r-x the pimple patch it'll come up on its own it's a white envelope with like red writing it's yeah. in korean look at the review pictures okay. these little these little pads suck out all of the fucking whitehead oil yeah. and it like stores it in the fucking patch it's disgusting the next morning but it's like so satisfying yeah so yeah i'm just like on my skincare journey. quick side note because it has to do with beauty i watched uh on the way back from barcelona a movie called the sun is also a star uh-huh um it's just a love story about a girl whose family is being deported okay um the kid who she falls in love with is Korean. Uh-huh. I believe Korean. Yes. And his parents own a uh, black hair care product shop. So and standard. in the middle of the movie, they go into a quick brief history about how that became. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, so interesting. Because I remembered on our first episode, me finding out that your mom works at, works uh, at a black yeah. beauty shop. Yeah. yeah. But it was just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you could do us a favor and just screenshot this episode since you made it this far, load it to your Instagram story and tag us. If you are not private, we can republish it on our Instagram feed and we will add a little cute gif and shout you out. Mm-hmm. You can also follow us on Instagram at fruitsnackspod. And then you can write to us through email at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. And as always, review, subscribe, rate, follow share all of the above and you got anything else to add that's it that's it we'll catch you guys next week on fruit snacks goodbye bye okay so for this week on fruit facts we just have a few fruit facts to check throughout the episode the first one being buddhist boot camp when i mentioned that book the book is called buddhist boot camp and it is written by a guy um, by the name of Timber Hawkeye. He was an ex-military man. This book is really interesting because it does go into Buddhist philosophy and stuff like that, but it's not a religious book. And he writes it in a way that is very practical and um, run-of-the-mill, kind of like anybody could read it and understand. And he uses very real-world problems that are current to understand each thought process. And I think it's a very easy, quick read to kind of be honestly life-changing and transformative. So it's worth something to look at. And then also... Um, Shane mentioned Generation Z as being a new set of buyers and consumers in American market. And on Forbes.com, it says that there are new gender norms for the Gen Z market. And according to new research, 38% of Gen Z respondents strongly agreed that gender no longer defines a person as much as it used to because most of the people in Gen Z, which is from 2001 to present day, had have always grown up with social media and the cell phone um, era and kind of like the new tech industry that they have more um, access to other ways of thinking. So they are introduced to gender in a new constructed way. So they they tend to buy based off of um, what... Sh- suits them not necessarily a brand but just their personal individual identity and because gender fluids becoming more of a norm 
people are buying it more to um, suit who they are rather than um, what consumer companies are trying to say should be your image in essence. And then the last two things we mentioned AHA and BHA when it comes to skincare and in season. AHA is alpha hydroxy acids and it's just an acid that's water soluble, which means that um, it just um, breaks down in water, which is like uh, fruity acids. And these um, AHAs are used in skincare to remove surface level skin debris and stuff like that as almost like a cleanser ish. And then BHA is beta-hydroxy acid, which is oil-soluble acids. And this goes deeper into the skin because it penetrates deeper and it removes excess oils and dead skin cells. And if you use both as a chemical exfoliant, you can get better and clearer skin when they're used together. Um, That pretty much it for Fruit Facts this week. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week on Fruit Snacks.